Welcome back to episode number 19 of the NP Dude. This is Jeff, the NP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. And that is all of our voices, right? I keep saying that, but I really mean it. So keep the comments coming. Keep the questions coming. I'm getting some decent feedback still. So keep it coming, guys. You guys are doing great. You never cease to amaze me. And I'm in, and my average daily download is just still ticking up. And so keep sharing. Keep telling your friends, students out there. Tell other NP students in your class, say, hey, there's this guy out there. He's talking about some stuff that we don't really understand yet, but it might be worthwhile giving a listen because in a few year, short year or two, you're going to be in the same shoes as me. And you're going to be sitting there looking at all these things and saying, what the hell do I do with all this? And so it's a great opportunity, especially for students or newer NPs, because that's what I'm doing right now, right? I mean, I just went through school and I'm still, still pretty new. Just almost hit a turkey on the road, um, and uh, you know, so it's just—it's a great opportunity for the students to share this and, and get it out there. And there's a ton of students out there, and you guys are are uh, tied to your computers and tied to things. And guess what? You're probably still driving. Almost everywhere within a 30-minute commute, you could listen to one of my shows. So check me out on iTunes. Don't forget to send your comments and questions to me at Jeff at the NPDude.com. You can also give me on Facebook at the NP Dude. Don't forget the the, or else you get some Nepalese guy, some little little dark skinned guy that's somewhere in another country. So NP Dude is not it. It's the NP Dude. I know the right. Sound like a eesh. okay. Anyways, so today I want to talk a little bit. Um, just a congratulations, man, South Dakota. You guys rock. You guys finally got what you need, right? You got full practice authority. Now, there's a couple things I want to mention about that just because, um, you know, you see it on Facebook spreading like wildfire and it's fantastic and you see it on your your OAAPN feeds or, or, or other state organization feeds that, you know, hey, another one down, we can, you know, we're just, we're tilting, tilting in our favor now, right? We, we've, we've, we're over... We're almost at that 50% mark in a couple more states, a couple more jurisdictions, and we're going to be over that 50% mark. And once you hit 50% across the country, it tends to just spread like wildfire. So hopefully in the next couple of years, we're all going to get this. So I think this is a good opportunity for me to talk a little bit about um, my perspective on full practice authority and where I think we're going as a profession. And um, you know, my, my, my brothers are both physicians. They're both specialists. And um, they do they do listen occasionally. I'm not sure how much how many episodes they've listened to. They're pretty busy guys. So if they're listening, uh, guys, watch out, man, because the NPs are knocking on your door. Um, we, we've got this, the statistics out there now, that now show that we provide just as good, if not better, care than than most physicians. Um, yeah, we don't have all the education, but I'll go through and give a little explanation. And I, I hear the argument all the time. Well, we have, you know, all the education and beyond, and we go much deeper and blah, blah, blah. And I sit there and think to myself, maybe, but I doubt it. <laughs> I, I really do. I mean, when, when I had my undergraduate pathophysiology class, you can't make it much more. They're just, I mean, we went into everything. You, you can't know everything about everything, and, and you, we went into almost everything. So... I find it difficult to believe that your med school pathophysiology class was really any different. You know, COPD for you is that much harder than it is for me. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense, right? So um, my philosophy on the, the models of care and all that stuff I want to do in a different show, I don't want to get into that because that's a different argument. But the level of quality that we bring to the table as nurse practitioners is on par. And we're cheaper, a lot cheaper. 
and you and you know the, the medical model has had the the stranglehold on the government and has had a stranglehold on the healthcare system for the last 60 years 70 years 80 years right since the, like the 30s right 20s and 30s is when when the hospitals started really booming and patient care went from in the home with a physician that came to your home to you getting sick and going to the hospital so up until that point it was nurses dude so okay we 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 ran it forever i mean you know the 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 nurses were the ones for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of modern history uh, of years of modern history that were the ones that actually did the health care period we delivered the babies we you know took care of the sick people we you know we did all that stuff and the doctor was the guy that kind of was like a pharmacist he was a uh, the apothecary he, he mixed the herbs together and brought it and said here take this and he was out then the nurse did the rest so the model today is um, so very medical but we as a profession have adapted um, to be able to fit into that medical model and to excel in it despite the um, the fact that we're, we were never going to um, achieve the heights of a physician in the medical model which is not we're never gonna get there and um, so I've had my brother tell me one time we were sitting over at his house and we were drinking some beers and we're you know it was a summertime picnic type thing, and he's like you know and they call me Jeffy right my brother's call me Jeffy Jeffy you know uh, I trust you, but man I just wouldn't trust anybody else out there, and I'm sitting there thinking dude you are shortchanging yourself and you're making your life so much harder because. You could hire somebody at a tenth of the cost of him, no, no kidding, and you could uh, have them do almost all your follow-ups and get good care, and as they get trained a year or two or three in, they can start seeing new patients because it's becoming acceptable for the public to go and see their nurse practitioner instead of a physician. I get called doctor every day, and I correct every person. I'm not a doctor. I'm a nurse. I, I do health care. I don't do medicine. And then I say, you know what healthcare is? I said healthcare is that I care about your health. Medicine is I give you a pill. So educating the patient, the patients, and we have them on our side. They just don't know any better. So education, education, education. Every opportunity you get. And I know in one of the episodes early on, I gave a, a you know an, a, an example of when I had a, a person that actually worked with me that was like, oh well, uh, you know, what's the difference between you and an NPA? And and you know I. I don't know what the doctor does, and I don't know what you do, and you know I don't. Just they didn't understand, and so education. You know, I can do the same thing that the family practice doc does. Period. I can do all of it. There's nothing in the office that I work at that the doctor does differently than I than I can do. And so, you know, that's that's kind of my philosophy, and I, I think we're heading towards that model where. You know, we, we get 85% through Medicare, Medicaid reimbursement, but not every insurance company does that. Some of them we get full full 100%, right? It just depends on the, the policy or the plan that, that's out there that we're negotiated with. But with Medicare and Medicaid, we only get 85%. I think what's going to happen in the, in the near future is that physicians, we won't get bumped up to 100%, but they're going to make a flat rate that's somewhere closer to the 85% number and, and family practice and uh, uh, physicians in general are going to get normalized downward towards the NP and PA's rates 
And so I, I think that's what's going to happen with that. And it's going to be interesting to see how it, how it hurts the medical community. And to be perfectly honest, I don't care. They've made too much for too long. Sorry. The ride's over. Um, you know, and, and specialties, obviously, that's different, right? I mean, if you're going to a specialist for some very specific skill, they'd command more money, and that's not going to change. But for family practices, you're going to see these guys, these poor, poor guys that aren't really making a lot of money right now, are going to start getting chopped down closer to what we make. And it's going to be, it's going to be rough because no one's going to go into family practice except for NPs. And what's going to be awesome is that, um, you know, 10 years from now, when every family practice, the first person you go to for your health care is going to be a nurse practitioner. And we're going to be the ones that help manage all of your care. And so the people that are resistant to the idea of a nurse practitioner being on their own and, and without a collaborative, um, those people are going to be left in the dust. They're going to be seen as dinosaurs in this new model that's going to be coming out. And I, I'm just betting in the next, you know, half decade to decade. So well within our time of career, you're going to see a drastic shift, and it's exciting. It's just so cool to see, right? It's awesome to be on the, the front side curve of something for a change instead of on the tail end of it. And so, you know, take this with a, with a grain of salt. These are my opinions, right? I mean, this is just the way I think. But, man, kudos to South Dakota for getting their head out of their butt and, and uh, signing law about that. Now, here's the other thing I wanted to talk about with that. Just because a Facebook meme says, congratulations, South Dakota, you have full practice authority, does not mean that there's not some kind of weird restrictions. So everybody in South Dakota, I encourage you, read the friggin' law. Read the law. Don't say, oh, I don't know, I'm going to read the synopsis. Go read the law, the entire law. It's going to be maybe a little confusing, but read the law, then read the synopsis, then read the law again. And make sure you understand everything that is expected of you, because just because they take away your, your collaboration portion doesn't mean that they're not going to add in some other weird caveat that's to protect the public, quote-unquote. So just be careful. The other thing about that is just because the law says that there's no um, collaborative agreement, and I don't know what it says. I haven't read it. I, maybe I will. I don't know. Um, but the administrative component to it, the Ohio Board of Nursing in Ohio or the, the South Dakota Nursing Board or whatever they call it in, in South Dakota, they could put in administrative controls that were not in the law. And it's perfectly legal if their statute, which almost every statute says, in the beginning, it says, uh, after the definition, it says, the uh, Board of Nursing shall have authority to deem what rules should be enforceable and how to enforce them. So basically, it's the administrative. It gives the executive branch the executive order power by statute. Because it takes too long to get a law passed through Congress and through the Senate, whether it's state or federal, it doesn't matter. It just takes years. So they want to have the flexibility to give to the board of nursings or nursing boards for them to, um, to be able to make those decisions and change things up as they need to. So just keep that in mind that they, just because they said it, said it so on Facebook doesn't mean it's 100% that way. It sure sounds like it, though. Um, and I would do a lot of research. I would spend my Saturday morning going through the, uh, the rules and just reading every word of every, every change that they made and making sure that, you know, when do I have to be compliant with this new law and what is expected of me as, a, as, an, as an NP? What do I got to do for this? 
So congratulations again, guys. That's great news. Um, the other thing that um, I saw on Facebook, and this one, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm heading to work today, which is a little different, and I'm running a little late, so I'm driving kind of fast, and, and I figured I would just, just talk this one out while I had it fresh in my brain. But the, um, the other one that was really cool was uh, I'm seeing just tons of questions about negotiating a contract. Like, how do I negotiate better? I did a horrible job on the first. I just took it, and I didn't know any better, and I'm stuck in this long-term contract, or I got crappy pay, or, you know, I, I'm only, I'm supposed to be seeing 35 people a day, or whatever, whatever it is that they hate about their contract. They want to know how to negotiate those things better. And the best thing I can say, and the only really good advice is, and it's hard for this one, right? Because it's it's a very personal thing. Everybody's different. Everybody has different personalities. Everybody has different talents. And negotiating a contract isn't necessarily one that most people have. Now, with negotiations of contracts, the the hardest thing to do is to detach yourself from the situation and not go cold, but just be unattached so that you can say, this is a deal breaker, that's not a deal breaker, and figure out what is important, what's not important, and bottom line it say this is this is important this is a no deal right here this is a deal breaker here and uh, if you want to work with me I'd love to work with you but these are the things that are important to me and here's why so most people that are negotiating a contract they try to distance themselves from that and it's really hard to do as an as a nurse or a nurse practitioner to distance yourself because we're pretty emotional people right and we can't just detach that's what makes us who we are. And if you're an unattached nurse, you're probably not a great nurse, and you're probably looking to go do something else like CRNA or something else, right? I don't know. Just a little shot on my CRNA buddies. So um, so what's my recommendation for a, a, a negotiation? For nurses, here's my recommendation. This isn't for everybody, but this would be it for nurses. I talked about in one of my previous episodes, and it was the one about employment status. And if you want to go back and listen to that one, that's a good one, and, it, and it's important. It's important to understand those now as well because you need to understand what your status would be when you make those contracts. But when I talk about the contractor, uh, how to get, come up with your cost and relationship, I talk about the piece of paper and you write the pros on one side and the cons on the other, the, 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 the pluses, uh, what's going to make you money on one side and the costs on the other side, that type of thing. It's the same exact thing that you're doing now with with uh, negotiating any contract. You have to look at what you want. What is it you want? What's most important to you? And everybody is different. So when somebody says, well, I really want to just see 15 patients a day and that's all I care about. Well, that's going to be a different contract than somebody's like, I don't care if I see 30 people a day. I want to make the money. That's a different animal. So quality of life versus pay, uh, benefits, all those things can get rolled up into the into this calculation to figure out what it is you want to negotiate. Now, here's the thing. Knowledge is power. So when you have no knowledge of a topic and you go in on your first job and, you, and you're interviewing and they throw a piece of paper under your nose and they know you're new and they know you probably don't know much about writing or reading contracts, and they're going to say, here's our offer, this is our offer, this is what we do for all our MPs here, sign it. And you're like, man, I really want to work here because I want the experience. You're going to sign it. Well, you may negotiate a little bit, but in, in hindsight, most people just sign the damn thing because they just want the job, right? And they're worried about offending someone. And you're not going to offend anybody. If you go back and say, you know what, I'm worth more than what you are offering me, that's more of an offense to you that they should be worried about. 
So that's been my experience when I'm negotiating with somebody, and I said, "Look, you know, that's an, somewhat of an offensive offer, um, and I really don't think I'm going to even respond to that <laughs> and walk out, and just walk out." And I did that to like four different specialties. I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's, that's ridiculous. I'm not doing that. You're not. I'm not going to be on call 24/7. Sorry. <laughs> yes, I'm walk out. Bye bye." Um, or if the pay was so low, I just said, "I'm not even going to entertain your base salary." Um, we can, we, here's where I need to be. And I would give them an astronomically high number. And just so you know, I was here, some numbers, right? I'll, I'll tell you. And some of the people that might be listening to this know who I'm talking about company wise. So don't say the names. I don't want to, I don't want it in comments. Nobody, this is a no name situation. Um, they came in with an offer 80 grand and I, and I knew that that was their base offer. I knew it because of other people that were negotiating with the same company in different offices. And I, uh, I laughed at them and because they said, do you, well, do, you, do you want to hear what our base offer is? And I said, well, let me tell you what I think it is. And I told them that it was 80 grand. And I said, I'm not going to entertain that. That's not even an option. And they came back with like 82. And I said, You're, you don't get it. That's, that's, we're not our ends anymore. We, we bring in big dollars for you and I'm not going to be disrespected. And when you, when you, I may have been drinking a little when I renegotiated that one. In fact, I think I was, but, um, the point is, is that you, uh, you're not going to offend anybody. They, they, they forgot about me counteroffering and, and giving them a number probably by lunchtime. You know, I mean, so you're not going to offend anybody. So don't worry about the offense. But here's the biggest thing that you're going to find with negotiation. And I've, I've said this in the past. You have to have the negotiation power. Or if you don't, you don't have the ability to command what you want. So if you're going to a small community and they don't have, they're no, they don't have the draw... You know, there's no cultural things, there's no theater, there's no this, there's no that, and they want you to move to that area, and there's nothing down there for you, there's no family there, or whatever, they better expect to pay a lot of money to get your butt down there, or up there, or wherever it is, right? So, keep that in mind, that it really depends on the negotiation power, so if you go and you, you know, apply to the Cleveland Clinic to be a nurse practitioner in their cardiology unit, guess what, you're probably not going to have any negotiation power. You may be able to get a little bit of a squeak up in your in your salary, uh, your 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 pay. You might be able to get a little bit of extra, you know, time off. But other than that, you're going to be trying to negotiate things maybe that are way outside of the ability of the people you're negotiating with to make decisions on, because it's got to go to a committee, it's got to go to the board, it's got to get approved, it's got to go through this committee and that committee, and and these giant organizations just don't have the flexibility that you might have with a smaller practice. So keep that in mind too. If you're going to go and negotiate with a small practice, then you 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 have that flexibility. But then you've got the double-edged sword. They're a small practice. They got a lot of overhead relative to a small practice. You know, if they got three or four practitioners bringing the money in, and they have to pay rent, they've got to pay you know for utilities. They got to pay the staff, which staff typically don't draw much money in. Very minimal. Nurse visits don't bring a lot of money. It's like ten bucks, right? It's not a lot of cash. Um, and then you have to all do all the benefits on top of it. And so go listen to some of my other shows. I kind of hit on this one in, the, in other things like giving what the information is, like what it is in the contracts and what, what you're really kind of talking about. But at the end of the day, when you're negotiating, it really comes down to what you want or what you don't want. And, and how do you know that until you do it and do it wrong for a little while, which kind of sucks, right? I mean, you got to got to learn sometimes by trial by fire and and you will be i promise you a much better negotiator if you have one bad deal 
because it'll be important to you and you'll make it important to them. Now, here's how I do it politically. I explain why. If you go in and say, nope, I want this and it's the tough, this is how we're going to do it and that's all I say about it because this is important to me and I don't care. That's hard-nosed. Hard I'm not changing my stance. I This is a deal-breaker, right? Um, I don't do that. That's, that's not helpful. That's adversarial just to be adversarial. You don't need to do that. You can go in and say, look, I, I really want to have four days a week instead of five because, man, I, I, I really like spending time with my kids. And, you know, I love doing long weekends with them. And we do a lot of trips. And, and I'm going to work my butt off for you. And if I'm working my butt off for you and I'm making a lot of money for you, and as long as I'm seeing the number of patients and you've got the staff able to support me when I'm here, then uh, we shouldn't have a problem with this. So I'd really like to have Mondays off, or Fridays off, or rotate it Monday and Fridays, however we want to work it. But let's, that, that's important to me. Instead of saying, I'm four days a week, period, darn it, that's all I'm saying. And which one would you, who would you rather talk to? So it's some, sometimes how tactful you can be with, with bringing up. And I, I think once people understand your logic and reasoning, and that it's not just, you know, well, I don't care why you want four days a week. I, you're being a jerk to me. Tough. I don't want to deal with you. I'm going to be more apt to, to fight that one than to just say, oh, well, we'll work with you. If they really want you, they'll work with you. And ask them that. Hey, um, when we do contract negotiations, you willing to work on this or do you have a set thing? And that, that might give you some indication that you know, I don't even want to negotiate with these people. No, we, we have one contract that's the only contract we've ever used and we're never going to use anything else. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you can, good luck. <laughs> that's all I can say. You know, good luck with you. So just keep that in mind too. You can use that as a way to feel out whether you even want to work for a place. And that's how the negotiation works. And if they're willing to work with you then, guess what? If you get sick or your kid gets sick or something, how willing are they going to be to work with you when, the, when there's money on the line? Right now there's no real money on the line. Wait until there's money on the line. How willing are they will to step step up and say, you know what, Jeff, you know, I get it. Family's important. That's a big thing for you. Um, you're going to take off time, you know, because you need to. Got it. Go get it done. We'll work this out. We'll figure it out. And you know what? I will work harder for that type of a company every day of the week because of their willingness to work with me. You know what I mean? And it's just good business. And when you when you have the hard-nosed contract type set of person that's like, nope, you said in the contract you would work, you know, see 26 patients a day and you were seeing 23 and, you know, well, maybe I was sick for a week, whatever, you know. Um, just it, it, you find somebody willing to work with you is, is the part too, and you, that's the big problem with the big companies. Is they're, they're, they may want to, they just can't. So you got to know that going in, and you're going to have less negotiation power with a big hospital system. And, and somebody out there, if you've got flexibility with one, um, I'd love to hear who. And I'm sure they'll get an influx of, of resumes and uh, applications <laughs> filled out online to go work there because uh, that has not been my experience, at least in Northeast Ohio. All the companies that I've went and talked to, big companies, are like, this is how we do it and tough. So... That's kind of all I had today. Um, I may hit a second one on the way home if I get some good good stuff on Facebook today. I might do a second show. So you might get a two for today. We'll see what happens. Uh, but it's it's kind of a sunny day. It's warm out. It's supposed to be a beautiful weekend in Ohio for uh, late February. And so uh, enjoy the day. Have a great day, guys. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share as much as possible on Facebook. I'm getting still only a couple, like one or two a day. 
Um, and I'm getting a lot of people liking the, the page and following the page uh, on Facebook. And they always get uploaded. All the podcast links get uploaded there. But you can still get me on iTunes. Um, don't forget to comment. I'm still waiting for somebody. I just posted last night. I'm waiting for somebody to tell me they're listening on iTunes. I just want to know if somebody's doing it. It's just kind of neat to me. I use my Podcast Republic app, which ties all the like iTunes and Stitcher and all those and pulls them all into one. So if you're using an app that basically draws from iTunes, let me know if you're using that too. That's the same kind of thing. So um, don't forget, you can get me at jeff at thenpdude.com. You can email me any questions, concerns. Jeff, you suck. I want to hear it all. Okay. Uh, the other thing is leave those comments on the Facebook page. Share the NP students. Share, share, share. Get it to your friends. I want to hear. I want to hear from students. I want to hear what you guys are worried about, because that's what I know the most right now. So keep those things coming, and uh, have a great weekend. That's all. Just have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Talk soon. <laughs>